Real quick, uh, I just want to start off service. Can we uh, give a round of applause for the setup team? Yeah. So yeah, some of our guys got over to the Dan Jones campus at like 6.30 this morning to hook up the trailers, make sure everything was all right, and then everybody else rolled in around 7.15, 7.30, uh, did all that in the snow. So I just want to say to all, you all, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, just thanks for all of our volunteers for coming in early today. I guess I also want to congratulate you. Um, you know, all honesty, I wasn't sure how many people were going to come this morning, just between the snow and the game last night. So uh, you are all the true believers, and uh, yeah, congrats. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Riley Weaver. I'm one of the ministers here at Plainfield Christian Church. And um, I guess I just want to start today by talking a little bit about last week, uh, for those of you who weren't here, Tim Gephardt, our campus pastor, made an announcement that he's uh, leaving. He's going to go be the senior minister, the next senior minister at Hazelwood Christian Church. They're about 15 minutes west of here. And I, I guess I can say, you know, I can speak for everybody in saying we're sad that Tim and Beth are leaving. Uh, but at the, same, um, at the same time, we're happy for them just because we know that they're going to be a blessing to Hazelwood. February 3rd is Tim's last Sunday, uh, just so you know that. And I also know this just raises a lot of questions in general about next steps and stuff like that. Um, so I want to try to answer some of those. Just put your minds at ease. Tim is leaving, but that doesn't change the mission of uh, the Plainfield Christian Church Reunion Campus. We're still committed to reaching our community. And we're also going to continue meeting every week until the elders make a decision about what happens next. I know they're working on that. They want to make a decision soon. And just so you know, Jason, Anissa, Katie, Kevin, Ken, and I are still here, and we're going to keep the show running. I also want to let you know that the staff and the elders at the Dan Jones campus really care about you. That's something they've said to me over and over again. I want you to know that. Uh, that's something I hear, but you may not always hear. Um, and just honestly, each of you is important to our church family, and we want you to stick with us no matter what happens next. I want you to feel as comfortable as possible through this transition, so if you have any questions, just let me know, and I'm happy to have a conversation. Okay, now to get started with the sermon. I want to warn you, today's sermon isn't going to be, uh, you know, the same as always, I've got some exciting news to share with you. They're sharing this at the Dan Jones campus as well. We're going to talk a little bit about the church's new vision. This is the second week of our sermon series called Move. And what we're doing is we're looking through the book of Acts, a book in the Bible, and we're studying the story of the first church. And that's because we want our church to mirror theirs as much as possible. We, we just think they were the perfect example in a lot of ways of what a church should be because they followed Jesus and they knew what he was all about. Last week, the sermon was titled There to Hear, and we talked about the first church, how they expanded literally around the whole world, and how that led to Plainfield Christian Church being planted in 1829. We had a kind of a PCC history lesson. Today, the sermon title is From Here to There. Last week was there to here, this week it's here to there. And we're going to talk about God's mission for the church and what we believe that means for Plainfield Christian Church. So just to start off, quick survey, raise your hand if this describes you. Raise your hand if you're a planner. Okay, I feel like that's maybe more than half the room. Uh, some of you are raising your hands really high. 
I'm a planner too. I wake up morning, every morning and I wanna know exactly uh, what's happening. I love making to-do lists and checking things off. There's just something about that that makes me feel good. And because of this, and this might sound a little cheesy, but I think that's one of the coolest things about God. God really was the greatest planner ever because he created a plan at the beginning of time and he's stuck with it since then. Um, I, I like planning, but you know, I think like all of us, sometimes it's just hard to follow through on every aspect of a plan. And the truth about God's plan is that he's always been asking his followers to move. The Bible tells us what happened at the beginning of time in the book of Genesis chapter one. God told Adam and Eve, the first people, he said, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. So when God told Adam and Eve to populate the world, he told them to move. Next in Genesis 12, uh, God calls Abraham to move. He said, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those. um, And whoever curses you, I will curse. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So God told Abraham to leave his family, his comfort zone, uh, you know, everything that made him feel comfortable so that he could bless the whole world through his descendants. God told Abraham to move. And much later, Jesus told his disciples, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. When Jesus said that, he gave his disciples what we call the Great Commission. He told them to move literally all over the world for his kingdom. And that brings us to our story today. We're going to focus on just one verse. That's Acts 1.8. And here's what it says. This is Jesus talking to his disciples once again. Jesus said, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So here's one important fact about Acts 8. We're not going to talk a ton about this text today. It just kind of frames everything really well. But one important fact about Acts 8 is that is the last thing that Jesus ever said while he was on earth. It was the last thing he said to his disciples. It was the last thing he said to anyone. And I think that probably means that he wants us to pay attention to it. And that's because Acts 1.8 really explains Jesus' strategy to spread his kingdom around the whole world. So he told his disciples, start in Jerusalem, take the gospel to Jerusalem. And that's the city they were living in at the time. He just wanted them to start in their own backyard. Then he told them to go to Judea, which would be like telling us to go to the rest of Indiana. It's kind of like their state. And next, he told them to go to Samaria, which was right next to Judea. So that would be like telling us to go somewhere else in the United States. And finally, he told them to go to the ends of the earth, to take the gospel to the ends of the earth, because that was everywhere else at that point, that Jesus' kingdom had not gone. The disciples followed this command. We know they did from history. Um, They went to places that were literally the ends of the earth for their day. The disciple Matthew, who wrote the book of Matthew, he went to Ethiopia in Africa. Bartholomew went to Armenia, which is in the Middle East. And Thomas, some people believe that he went all the way to India. 
uh, which literally would have been the ends of the earth. Each of these men died trying to fulfill Jesus' last command. I think one thing that's really important for us to remember um, is that Jesus' command wasn't just for his disciples. It's for us too. I think sometimes when we read the Bible, we read these stories and we think, oh, that's an awesome story. But we've got to remember that means something for our lives too. Every command that Jesus gave in the New Testament, that's for us too. So knowing that this command is for us, I just want to say that's the desire of Plainfield Christian Church. We want to take that seriously. And we want to be a church that reaches people in our Jerusalem, Judea, our Samaria, and all the way to the ends of the earth. One of the ways I serve here is as the global impact minister. I do all the mission stuff. And just because of that and because of growing up in this church, I think that's one of my favorite things about that, about the church. We have an awesome international focus. Um, and we really do what we can to reach people at the ends of the earth. We um, have sponsored ministries and sent missionaries out to every continent besides Antarctica. Um, we haven't sent a missionary to Antarctica yet. If anybody wants to volunteer, let me know. We can work that out. And we also, we reach people uh, in our Judea and Samaria through sponsoring groups like IDES, the International Disaster Emergency Service. Uh, they help people re rebuild their lives after natural disasters like uh, Hurricane Harvey and stuff like that. We also have partnered with groups like Orchard Group who've planted churches around the United States. All that's great, um, but our leaders really believe, and this is on both campuses, um, that we've just not done our best at reaching our own Jerusalem, the people in our backyard. We feel like we've got a lot more work to do. And honestly, that feeling has been reflected um, by a very poor number of baptisms over the last couple years. We've really only had 20 to 30 baptisms between both campuses um, the last four years, I think it is, uh, which really isn't good for a church of 2,000 adults. So what happened, last January, our elders, they got together and they presented a new vision for the church to our staff. And, you know, that really came out of their desire to reach more people. And what we've done is we've spent a year working on that vision, and um, I'm excited to share it with you. We're going to put it up here on the screen. The vision statement is simply impacting homes by opening hours. Impacting homes by opening hours. And I'm going to explain that a little bit. But I love this vision because it's memorable and it's something everyone can do. We believe that this simple vision can change our church, change our community, and change the world, just like Jesus asked us to do. And honestly, we believe that it can change your family too. And the heart behind this is we really want our church to be more hospitable, both inside and outside the church walls. One of the ways that we want to impact more homes in our community is by opening our church home on Sunday morning. We want our Sunday morning services to be more hospitable. Uh, I really like talking to all of you. You know, I, I enjoy the relationships that we have. And um, one of the questions that I love asking people here when I'm getting to know them is, what made you come back to reunion? I mean, we know you came. What made you come back? And... I don't think you're going to be surprised by this, but more often than not is 
Uh, the answer is, well, Tim asked my name, and then um, he remembered my name when I came back the next week. I, yeah, that's just awesome. Our campus is really hospitable, but I guess what I want to say is we need to continue to take a cue from Tim's leadership. What would it be like if every person at Reunion, uh, really every person at Plainfield Christian Church, was that welcoming to visitors on Sunday mornings? What would it be like if we knew that someone, any visitor, um, was going to be talked to by someone, and not just our staff and our volunteers wearing the green shirts? What would it be like if every week everybody tried to sit in a new place and just meet somebody new, whether they're a visitor or not? Uh, That would make us a more welcoming church. I know that you all love the Reunion Campus, and a big part of that is the sense of community that we feel here. But my honest question for you is, do you want other people to feel that way? If so, we need to welcome new people. We need to have conversations with new people. We need to have conversations with people we don't know. We need to try to sit in new places every week to meet new people because that's going to help them feel that sense of community like we feel it. So we want to be more hospitable inside the church walls. We also want to be more hospitable outside the church walls. And what that means is we want everyone at Plainfield Christian Church to prayerfully consider opening their homes for their neighbors, their friends, and their church family. That's something that a lot of you are already doing. I know that, but we really just want to double down on this. And that's because we believe that this is one of the best ways to reach lost people. The sad truth about our society is that a lot of people won't just walk in a church anymore. I I think at one time, um, you know, maybe in my parents' or grandparents' generation, if somebody was lost, they knew, oh, I can go to the church. That's the place that I can go to get better. That's not the way it is anymore. What we're seeing is that less and less people are affiliated with the church. Uh, Less and less people have a Christian background. A lot of people even see church as, you know, an unwelcoming or, um, you know, maybe an even irrelevant place, something that uh, they just don't need in their lives. And because of that, we've got to be with lost people to reach lost people. We've got to be with lost people to reach lost people. It's important to open our homes because a person may never walk into our church on a Sunday morning, but my guess is they would walk into your home if you invited them. And when they walk into your home, you know, they may see the way you live, see the way you love your family, uh, see the way you do things, and start to ask questions about why you do that. And that could give you the opportunity to share the gospel with them. By doing that, you could introduce someone to the church Uh, simply through opening your home and loving them. And that's because the church isn't a building, it's the people. That's something that's important to remember. Our team created a really great video that shows what this process could look like. So uh, yeah, watch that video. This is Brian. Brian has a nice life, but something is missing. There's a hole that Brian can't quite seem to fill. Not that he hasn't tried. But no matter what he tries, Brian never quite feels full. There has to be something more that he's missing. As long as Brian keeps busy, he can try to ignore it. But if it's ever quiet, he feels it. Empty. 
unsure, even alone. This is Brian's house. Brian likes his neighborhood and really likes the family that lives across the street. This is Brian's neighbor. They're different. Not weird, just different. Good different. They're easy to talk to. They like the same football team. If Brian goes on vacation, the neighbors volunteer to watch his dog and sometimes even mow the grass. They like to grill out in the backyard and eat together. They've even invited Brian's family over for Thanksgiving. Their kids aren't perfect, but they're respectful and kind. Their family is hopeful and, and they never seem to complain. They're generous and rarely in a hurry. Brian knows his neighbors go to church. Church has never been Brian's thing. Brian believes in God, he just doesn't see the need for church. He's seen plenty of church people live just like anybody else. But one night, Brian's wife is rushed into emergency surgery after giving birth to their third child. And for the first time in a long time, Brian is scared. He doesn't know what to do. He feels empty and alone. So much so that he can no longer ignore the hole. A few hours later, Brian's neighbor walks into the waiting room with a cup of coffee. They talk for a while. He puts together a group of people from the neighborhood to make meals for Brian's family. He offers to keep Brian's kids so Brian can stay with his wife. He prays with Brian. Brian opens up to his neighbor about the emptiness he's been feeling. And he's surprised when his neighbor says that he used to feel the same thing. Brian asks him, what changed? What made the difference? Brian is open to the idea of Jesus, but still not crazy about going to church. But Brian decides to see what it's all about. And to his surprise, Brian feels the same kind of warmth at church that he felt in his neighbor's home. He feels Jesus there. After a few weeks, Brian and his family go back to church. The people there remember Brian's name. Brian feels like he belongs. Eventually, Brian begins serving on Sunday mornings. They join their neighbor's home group. They learn how to read the Bible on their own, and they start praying regularly. And every week, they learn more about who Jesus is and their need for him. Brian decides it's time to follow Jesus, and his neighbor is the one who gets to baptize him. As Jesus fills Brian's heart and the church becomes his home, Brian feels less and less empty. Then, a really cool thing happens. A new family moves in across the street. How will you impact your neighbor's home? excited about this vision just because, you know, we can see what it could do for our church and our community. If everybody opened their home, if everybody really tried to make a difference in their neighbor's life, just because they simply wanted to love people like Jesus loved people, uh, that really could change our community in a tangible way. And I guess I'm just excited to hear your stories of how you interact with people like Brian. So, 
I want to let you know that we're going to start doing some new things because of the vision. Um, you know, we're not just going to ask you to do this. We know that we need to do some things too. So um, the first thing, first announcement, uh, we're going to transition all of our life groups to home groups sometime this year. And we're going to continue all of our, to encourage all of our congregation to get involved in a group. Um, and this isn't just a name change. Home groups are going to look similar to life groups, but um, they're going to be a little different. They're going to focus on study, prayer, and community, just like life groups. But we really want these groups to emphasize community above everything else. And that's just because we believe that community has a transformative power um, and that that's really what people need in their lives. You know, I think one of the biggest problems in a community like ours is loneliness. Um, and honestly, as someone who moved back to this community a couple years ago, I don't know how I would have made friends if it weren't for the church. Uh, I, I don't know what other people do. And I'm just excited to see how these home groups can really provide that sense of community. Um, and I just want to let you know, you know, there's a really good chance that most of your life groups are going to continue meeting. Um, and you're going to hear more about this later this year. The second thing, and this is another thing that we're really excited about, is we're going to be launching something called PCC University. Uh, and that's just a working title right now. Uh, hopefully we can wordsmith it and make something better. This will be a series of classes that will be offered at, on Sunday morning at the Dan Jones campus um, or online so that you can take them with your home group or by yourself in your free time. And the purpose of these classes is to give you what you need to grow in your faith and also share it with others. We want you to be prepared to share the gospel and answer questions as you open your homes um, and your lives to lost people. And we also just want you to be able to grow. I mean, we get so many questions. How do I read my Bible? How do I share my faith? How do I do different things like that? And we think that these classes are going to be a really good way to address some of those things. PCC University is going to cover topics like basic Bible, basic theology, Christian living, like uh, finances, and also evangelism. And once again, we're going to share more about home groups and uh, the university in the coming months. I'm personally really excited about some of the changes that we're going to be making. I think it's a great next step for our church. But we've got to remember that hospitality really is the heart of this vision. You know, we can do a lot of different organizational things here. We can make things look different. But at the end of the day, we have got to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So I want to encourage you to do six things. Um, just to think about how you can impact homes um, by opening yours. The first thing is just to pray. Think about who God has put in your life. Your friends, your coworkers, your neighbors people you see at the gym, and just ask God what you can do to bless them. See if God puts anybody on your heart. The second thing is just simply create some margin in your life. Uh, my guess is you're like me and you're really busy. 
Sometimes uh, I think we feel like we're too busy to add anything else. And sometimes thinking, man, having somebody over to my house, how am I gonna do that? Relationships take time. Um, So I just encourage you to think of some ways where you can create margin to open your home and your lives to lost people. Third, develop a rhythm of hospitality. This is gonna look different for each family. Um, Some families may be able to have somebody over to their home once a week. You know, maybe you just know Monday night every week, I'm gonna invite all my neighbors over for dinner. It's a come and go kind of thing. Uh, It's always open. Whereas some of you, you may have to be more intentional uh, with scheduling. Maybe it'll be only be once a month, but we're just asking you to be intentional in thinking through how you can do this. Fourth, uh, just simply be patient. Relationships take time. And we need to remember to love people because Jesus loves people, not necessarily because we're expecting something from them. I I really wanna get that through. We simply need to be faithful to what Jesus has called us to do. And we think this is a great way to start. Fifth, be bold. We need to take risks to open our lives and our homes to people who don't yet know Jesus. And finally, um, I'd just like you to prayerfully consider dedicating your home to this vision. That's something we're asking everybody in the church to consider doing. And what you can do is you can go to mypcc.info vision. It's up there on the screen. This is a place where you can learn more about the vision and what it means. Um, and at the very bottom of that page, you can also sign up to dedicate your home. And what that means is um, you'll give your address and we're gonna put a pin on the map, on a big map where your house is, just so that we can visualize uh, what this looks like in our community. The map is gonna be at the Dan Jones campus, um, but I'll make sure you see a picture of it. Um, We talked about having one here, but I figured that the setup team had enough to do every week. So if you have any questions about the vision, anything, if you just need help, let me know. I want to be here for you. Right now, we're going to transition into a time of communion. I've talked a lot about hospitality today, and I think it's kind of important to remember the biblical foundation of hospitality. Hospitality is something that people practice literally around the world, um, but I think God does it best. I could quote a lot of scripture verses about hospitality. That's a big thing in the Bible. But I think the best example of that is just the story of the Bible in general, the story of God and the story of us. The truth is our sin kept us from God's house. We couldn't go in there. We couldn't be a part of his family because of our sin. But Jesus died on the cross so that we could be with God. And that allowed us to enter his house. So let's take some time to meditate on that today during communion. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for loving us first. Thank you for dying on the cross so that we could be a part of God's family and so that we could experience that. Lord, I just pray, help us to think about that, what that really means. Uh, Lord, help us to love other people the way you've loved us. Amen.